<laughs> Welcome to Shipwrecks, a podcast where we review and recommend erotic fanfiction. I'm Audrey, and I'm here with my friends Abby and Mira. We're going to focus on a different fandom every six episodes, starting with one of the biggest, which is Harry Potter. But before we begin, I want to give a couple of warnings. First, this podcast is going to be explicit. We're not trying to be sexy, we are not edgelords, but we are not going to shy away at all from the kinds of language that you find in the erotic stories that we're reviewing. The second warning is about spoilers. At the end of each episode, we'll be announcing what we're reading next time, so if you want to read the story before you listen to the review, you can. In the episodes themselves, though, there will be spoilers, so please consider yourself warned. Since this is our first episode, there was no last time for us to talk about our next story. So we're going to just do some introductions and announce our first story in this first short episode. I want to go around the room and give each person a chance to introduce themselves, including giving some very rough demographics, um, your experience reading or writing fanfiction, and then um, give us your favorite or ideal romance from fiction so we can get a sense of what your tastes are. And I'd like to start with Mira. Hi, I'm Mira. So I've been obsessed with fanfic for about 15 years now, at least, which is pretty much the only way I've been using my English and creative writing degree so far. Depressing. <laughs> I love, I guess, charming villains is what I go for. Usually blonde ones. Um, I like a lot of character growth in my fanfic. I'm a soon-to-be stay-at-home mother in my, we'll say, early 30s. And uh, that's about it. Oh, what is your ideal romance from fiction? So like you're, you're pairing from like something that everyone might um, know. Probably, I would say Anne Elliot and Captain Wentworth from Persuasion, the Jane Austen novel. And is it really the novel or is it the BBC movie version? It could be both. <laughs> the, the, the 90s I, I version? have not read the book. Yes. <laughs> yes. With the mousy brown haired lady and the tall dude. Yeah, that one. I can't remember her name, which is sad because she's wonderful. That really narrows it down. Um, <laughs> yes. And I think his name is Kieran Hines as the captain. But yes, that one is ideal. There have been other versions that are good, but they're all good. Okay. But you have yes. read the book, which I have not. So <gasps> I was projecting my insecurities on I thought I stole the book from you at one point. You pro- I probably owned it. I just didn't read it. So. <laughs> just sat on a shelf Oops. for looks. Yes. <laughs> Um, Abby, would you like to go next? It's a rough demographics, your experience with fan fiction, and then your ideal pairing. Well, I'm also, we'll say, early 30s, we'll go with that. And I have very little actual background with fan fiction. I've read a little bit here and there. Friends have recommended a few, and I enjoy it, but I can't say that I've experienced a large, you know, quantity of it. So definitely dipping my toe into the pool there. Um, as for my I guess ideal pairing that's kind of tough I don't really go for the quick romance so usually I don't really have like a single movie is it enough for me to care if they're in love or not but I would say the closest I've gotten is only lovers left alive with the main characters Adam and Eve just they're casual they've been together for centuries so they're just very calm and uh, confident about the whole thing so if I was to pick a relationship goal, it would to be that chill. And that's Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton in real life, right? Which is just <laughs> the best vampire casting you beautiful, could ever dream of, really. Beautiful, pale, hairless creatures <laughs> loving each other. Yes. Through through time, space and time, practically, yes. <laughs> and killing people sometimes just because they're, you know, 
meet. Live in the yeah, dream. Because that's what they do. <laughs> Live in the dream, guys. <laughs> cool. Well, um, I'm Audrey. I am a casual reader of fan fiction. I really just read things that I'm specifically interested in the pairing. Um, so Mira's definitely our mm-hmm. expert here. Um, I've written a little bit of fan fiction. I've never published it. Um, my pet project right now is some Food Network crack fic, which will probably <laughs> never see the light of day unless I lose my job. Um, so knock on wood, I'll lose my job. And then <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for it now. <laughs> um, and I really love angst um, and fucked up antiheroes. That's a huge thing. So like as a child, it was like Batman and then just got more fucked up from there. So that's my bag. <laughs> Um, and my ideal romance from, like, classic fiction is Jane Eyre and Mr. Rochester. That's kind of my favorite. Um, I've read Jane Eyre many times, at least more than five times. I'm sure more than five times. And I love Mr. Rochester himself. He's so charming. Like, he's a Byronic hero, but he never shuts his mouth. Like, you expect him to be brooding, but he's instead just, like, talking up a storm and being charming through that whole book. So I love it. And they love each other, even though they're both really weird, and they appreciate each other, and no one else around them appreciates either one of them, really. So, I like that. I don't know. Jane Eyre is the best. So our first fandom is going to be Harry Potter. And the Harry Potter universe is kind of the perfect playground for erotic fanfiction because it has this really rich world that has a ton of lore and a huge cast of characters for you to play with. And then there's also a ton of romance tropes already built into the canon. So time travel exists, there's mind control, there's shape-shifting, there's love potions. So if you, as a fanfiction author, want to have Dumbledore go back in time and have sex with young Neville when they're both teenagers or something, you don't have a lot of sci-fi work to do as a fanfiction author. You can just get straight into the smut because time travel and mind control and shape-shifting are already built into the universe. So for those who are not familiar with the world of Harry Potter fanfiction, I thought it would be fun for us to talk about some of the common fanon things or tropes that we run into while reading Harry Potter fanfiction. Um, so I'll go first. I've kind of noticed in a lot of the stories that I've read that it's just mentioned in passing that McGonagall is a huge lush and is constantly drinking. And I love that. I believe it. I don't think it's from the books. So that's one of my favorites. It is now. It's forever real to me. She's always flushed. Yes. Um, Also Maggie Smith. Perfect actress for that. Yes, she's wonderful. (laughs) Does anybody else have any things they've noticed in common between fan fictions? I'm looking at Mira because she's read more than the rest of us have. Oh, gosh. Um, I would say maybe like the Ron bashing and just like assuming that Ron and Hermione are not going to work out for yes. very long. Ron is a piece of shit in most fan fiction. <laughs> yes. yes. Which is maybe not fair, but I'm into it. It tends to gravitate that way. I mean, it's they're not my favorite pairing, so like I like her being free to explore other partners. I agree, but I also think that Ron is way less of a Mary Sue than Harry is. So of all the characters to like shred, it'd be like the normie Harry Potter, you'd think, but well, the, my problem with them together, Harry and her, I mean, sorry, Hermione and Ron is that like he has no appreciation for the stuff that makes Hermione special. Like she's really smart and clever and he could not care less, you know, like that's not his bag. That's not what he's about. And he just like they're they're a male and a female who are just adjacent to each other. And Hermione's not pretty enough for Harry. So that kind of happened. Like 
That's the way that was the way I interpreted it, but that could be my psychosis projecting itself onto <laughs> Harry Potter. But I love the Ron bashing. I yeah, bring it on. I think maybe there are worse couple in the movies than in the books, but it's been a while since I've reread the books, so can't say for sure. Yeah, it's really hard to detangle the movies and books now. Like just like you've got even if you don't rewatch the movies, there's just gifs all the time of like Snape being sassy in your face and all of a sudden Snape is Alan Rickman whether you want him to be or not, you know. Well so. you want him to be. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I've noticed um is a kind of a trope of Harry Potter fan fiction is that Snape has a huge dick. <laughs> yes, Everyone that basically is agrees. Coming They're up. just like and he pulled it out and it was monstrous. <laughs> not just like, large, but monstrous. Yes. Like, <laughs> everyone can basically agree. Yep, yep. <laughs> so I would like to go around the room and have each person talk about your level of familiarity with Harry Potter um, and the Harry Potter fandom, and then also tell us your house affiliation. Who would like to start? I'll go. Okay, that's Abby. I have read all the books. I actually really pushed off reading the books when I was younger because I was a big reader. It wasn't cool to read when I was a kid where I lived. And so I got terribly teased for reading. And then suddenly I saw that it was hip to read. And so I refused to read Harry Potter for the first two, three books. When the third book came out, my elder sister sent me the first three books for Christmas. The whole meal deal because she was hugely obsessed. And I'm like, well, I've received them as a gift. I'm committed. I have to read them. It was a nice gesture. So I read them all. Crazy addicted. Can't wait. Sucked in from the very beginning. And I only made it to a few of the movies when they premiered when I moved to a larger city. But I've seen all the movies, read all the books several times. It's a huge part of every holiday season for me and my family. And what's your house affiliation, Abby? <sighs> I wish it was something slightly more exciting, but I'm definitely a Gryffindor. <laughs> I see it. Oh. It's good. It's good. <laughs> such a normie so you really have a book first experience of harry potter is that right i do and as much as a lot of people bash on book to movie like if you start with the book you're gonna hate the movie i've always treated movies as fan fiction of books so it's just like a fun expansion of the world and to get to see someone else's interpretation of the material or visuals if you because everyone has their own image of who somebody looked like or what their voice sounded like but I don't really ever mind seeing someone's interpretation. I'll always have mine, and that will always be the original, most sacred part of it for me. But it doesn't ruin a movie. It's just different. And how about you, Mira? Well, I've read all the books, and I've seen all the movies. Um, and I was actually the right age as they were coming out to be kind of the demographic for each of the books. But they were too popular, so I refused to read them back then. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea we shared this. Yeah. This is extremely hipster. It, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't end up reading them, I think, until around high school. And I can't remember. I probably watched a movie or two before I read anything, but I can't remember for sure. Uh, and I started rereading them recently. I'm somewhere in book five right now. Um but this would be my first reread. So there are a lot of things, there are a lot of details that I don't necessarily remember clearly. And other than that, I worked in a bookstore for a while and I used to throw some big Harry Potter parties in the later years with like Cursed Child and stuff, which was not really Cursed Child themed. Speaking of fan fiction, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so I definitely got immersed in some culture and I have a lot of like fond memories of the fandom and hanging out with people and organizing stuff and crafting. Um, but I wouldn't call myself a huge Potter head though. I am not the smallest one either, I suppose. <laughs> I guess there is the mention that I think everyone's participated in an in-person event, like local Yule balls, your bookstore events. Yes. There's always... We have and all then, dressed up too. We've yeah. all dressed up, and then <laughs> at least once. <laughs> oh, but but sub question: What have we dressed up as? Bum, bum, bum. I was just a Slytherin hoe. Spoiler alert: I'm a Slytherin, <laughs> so I was a Slytherin hoe. What are you? I was also house? a Bellatrix. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I went as Hedwig once. Um, I am a Ravenclaw. You are a Ravenclaw. Yeah, <laughs> not a surprise. Has anyone have any experience with the audiobooks? I listened no. to the American audiobooks, which is a British dude, but it's not Stephen Fry, which everyone waxes ecstatic about Stephen Fry. And I think it's Jim Dale is the Jim American Dale is a, is a treasure, guy. anyways. He's so wonderful. He's wonderful. I think it, he he won many awards, as from what I've read, for all the different character voices he did for it, and he's consistent mostly with the voices through all the books. So it's incredibly impressive. Um, I've read, I've listened to them both and I think they both have their merits. So it's like, do you want to listen to everyone's grandpa or cool uncle reading you the book? You go for Jim Dale. It's like story time with everyone's older relative. And then uh, Stephen Fry is just so, I don't know. There's like a charisma. It's just a different experience, but I love it too. So I recommend both, honestly, if you have the chance. Mm, I have to try the Stephen Fry's. I remember my sister and I listened to the Jim Dales ones while we were taking a cross-country trip. And um, there's some things in the books, like Hermione has huge front teeth. That mm-hmm. is not in the movies. Oh, you no. can hear it in his voice. Like the way that he's talking is just like this bucktooth girl, you know. It's, it's That's great. impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so my experience with Harry Potter, I'm older than you guys, and I am not the demographic for Harry Potter, but I have a younger sister and a younger brother who are both reading it. So... Those two would fight over the book, and then I would eventually inherit it. So I think I read the first two or three books before the movies came out. And I remember sitting in the movie theater and seeing the trailer for the first movie and seeing Professor Snape, um, Alan Rickman, and just being like, holy shit, he's Trent Reznor. Like, they made him into Trent Reznor. <laughs> like, his hair, it's like the perfect drug video with Trent Reznor. They were oh, like, okay. my favorite. They had, they had a little Pinterest board, or an inspiration board, and that was the only <laughs> picture on it. <laughs> and they were like, all okay, you let's need. go for it. So I was a huge Nine of Snails fan. I shit myself. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I love the movies and I love the books. Um, I think I like the books more, um, but the movies are really fun. And those, it's just so cute to watch those kids grow up. As an old person now rewatching the movies, I'm like, oh, little babies. You know, yeah. they seem so young. So I think the books, though, it's always so hard for the movie to ever beat the book just because of the a massive amount of stuff in a book. Like if yeah. they'd gotten like a Game of Thrones budget to do a, a series that is the book based off the books, that would be primo. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on how they handled the end, I suppose. Yeah. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> So J.K. Rowling's made the news recently with her views on transgender people and trans activists. 
Just for the record, we want to get out of the way that the three of us do not agree with those views. And on top of that, we're all super grateful that the Harry Potter universe has really grown beyond the author. And we still have these works um, created by people in that world that we can celebrate. So on that subject, I want to recommend a little story called Fuck You, J.K. Rowling. Snape is a trans lesbian and Hermione fucks her and there's nothing J.K. Rowling can do about it. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. So the format of the show is that each one of us is going to pick a story for the rest of us to read. Mira has chosen our first story, which Abby and I have never read. What do you have for us for next time, Mira? Okay, so I have a story called Play Sissy For Me, written by the Artful Scribbler. can be found on archiveofourown.org. The pairing is one of my favorite pairings, Hermione and Lucius Malfoy, because it's wrong. Um, I'm going to read the summary here provided by the author. Hermione takes advantage of an invite to the Malfoy's ball to do some detective work on the slippery Mr. Lucius Malfoy. But things do not go to plan. Not even remotely. Power dynamics, sexual politics, polyjuice hijinks, and plenty of hot, angry sex. Now, there are some trigger warnings here. Um, There's power dynamics, hate sex, some light bondage and discipline. Uh, blackmail and coercion, and non-con through deception. So, Mira, when you are reading these Lucius fix, is it movie Lucius or mind canon Lucius? Because movie Lucius is quite a dish. <laughs> it's definitely movie Lucius. I have a hard time separating actors from stories, and I don't know if it's just because I tend to at least watch one movie before I read the book of I don't know. The thing that comes to mind is Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. I think I watched the first movie first on both of occasions. So, yeah, it's definitely him. I can't really imagine myself imagining someone hotter than him, so I'm okay with this. (laughs) (laughs) He is hot. Did you know, um, have you watched Avatar The Last Airbender? Yes. Did you know he's Admiral Zhao? The evil, evil firebender admiral? I think maybe I did know that and then forgot it again. Oh my but God, he's good at ass. evil. Yes, he's very, he's very good at evil. Mm. Yeah, it's working for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's the the 2002, I think, um, Peter Pan and he's yep. book in it. Yep. And I oh, remember yeah. just being like, wait, why is Wendy's dad so hot? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> this changes everything. All right, well, (laughs) (laughs) so just firmly picture that hot dude in your mind, and we'll see you next time after having read that story. Thanks, everybody. Before before I forget, though, I'm going to interrupt. I'm sorry. We got to go over which stuff we picked, because I have a really strong suspicion we could have doubled up. So I just want to confirm if we have at some point. Um, if it's not got Snape in it, I didn't pick it, so don't worry Oh, about it's that. got Snape, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it should just be a Snape show. <laughs> Alan Rickman just bounces out of a cake. The show. <laughs> we should just retitle it to be the Extremely Specific Podcast. <laughs> Snape <laughs> fucks people. <laughs> we all like older men in power dynamics. <laughs> And Hermione getting the nasty done to her. She's worth worth the effort. (laughs) Hermione takes it. (laughs) And likes it, the show. (laughs) 